Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Dublin Story Slam podcast. My name is Julian and I produce the Story Slam. And if you haven't been, the Dublin Story Slam is an open mic storytelling night where each month members of the audience get up on stage and share true personal stories from their lives. Some of the stories can be sad, some of them can be funny, some of them can make you angry, some of them can inspire you to do your own great thing. But all of them are personal and true. This is the Dublin Story Slam podcast. So the theme of this month's podcast is discovery. And sometimes these can be really small discoveries, the things that, you know, we take for granted in our lives, but in fact went on to have huge impacts on each of our storytellers' lives. So the first storyteller that we're going to share with you uh, is Bridget Early. You may have heard her beautiful, gorgeous story about her own mother uh, coming to her aid after Bridget was diagnosed with cancer. If you haven't heard it before, go back and listen to the mother's episode. It's the only story on that particular episode, but it's an absolute cracker of a story. Bridget, this time, uh, told us a much more upbeat and uh, lighthearted story. And it comes from a night where the theme was sex. This is Bridget Early. So was it a miracle or what? You see, it was back in the 60s in an all-girls um, boarding school in the Midlands. Um, where the nuns talked a lot about miracles, and they said miracles were probably happening all the time, but we didn't recognise them, but they were always for our own good. I thought, you know, miracles could be a good thing because I might need them through life. Um, At 12 years of age, I was scrawny in the hideous grey uniform um, that my parents was... It was five sizes too big. My parents said I would grow into it. As you can see, I didn't. Uh, and, the fla- and the flat boys' shoes that seemed to be too big as well, but they were comfortable and serviceable, and they wouldn't give me um, curvature of the spine. 
So I hoped that maybe there would be the odd miracle. You see, I was beginning to notice boys at this stage. And the wonderful thing was there were uh, day pupils in the, in the school as well. And there were five lads in our class. And four of them weren't bad looking. <laughs> but it would take quite a miracle with 30 girls and five lads and me, I don't think I would ever get a smile or, you know, be noticed. But to help my cause, I decided for Christmas, I was definitely going to get a nice pair of shoes. And my mother, in one of her weaker moments, came up with these shoes. They were absolutely divine. They were black uh, patent with a little heel. I mean, they were magical because it was as if I had grown an inch and a half overnight. That would be bound to help. So I went back to boarding school. They were put under the bed, in the box, lid on, in case the dust got at them. They were so shiny you could practically see yourself in them. And I wore them at the appropriate times. So life wasn't terribly exciting, but one day there was a bit more excitement. And this was when the lady came to give us a sex education class. Now, she was more qualified, obviously, than the nuns were, but not a lot, I can tell you. But, uh, now, of course, sex was never, ever mentioned. Um, they talked about the birds and the bees, or she did, um, the facts of life, and the act itself. Now, I was good at taking notes, and I had the, I had the pen and paper ready for this, but she was a very bad speaker, and she muttered and mumbled under her breath, and I heard nothing about the act itself. <laughs> now, she wasn't much of an artist either when it came to the diagrams on the blackboard. But I, I was told by the nuns to concentrate, and I did. Um, and I checked, was, was the thingy, was it sideways or was it upside down? Or It was hideous anyway. <laughs> and then it was wiped off, just gone. Obviously, the nuns had told her, only leave it for a few seconds, it could, it could fry their brains. <laughs> so in the afternoon then, it was all about morality and, um, you know, being good and chaste and all of that. And the lady seemed to have got her act together. I mean, she spoke very clearly in the second half of the, the talk when she told us that sitting on a boy's knee, if it did arise, you must put a book between yourself and himself in case of dangerous urges. <laughs> now, a scrawny 12-year-old in the 60s didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on urges, but I had the pen and paper ready. <laughs> of course, she didn't give us any more detail, but she did recommend the telephone directory as the book to put on the lad's lap. <laughs> now, you young people might not know about the telephone directory with smartphones and the lot, but it was the thickest book <laughs> I have ever seen. And you'd never get an urge through it. <laughs> now, that, that and the Bible were the two thickest books 
I had ever seen. Now, she wasn't obviously going to recommend the Bible to go on that area of the boy's anatomy. Now, my head was fried that night because I thought, am I going to have to spend years bringing the telephone directory around with me? How, how, how would I get it out of the house without my parents? You'd need a shopping bag. <laughs> and even if I did get it out of the house, um, w- would I know when to use it? Would I, would I have to wait for the miracle that might never happen, that he might wink at me or smile and encourage me? Or would I just go for it? I was beginning to get quite courageous at this stage with my thought process only. Um, So I thought, well, if I saw, you know, the object of my desires and he happened to be sitting down and his knee was vacant, there were a lot of combinations that needed to get right. Would I just whip out the telephone directory? and slam it down on his knee and sit down. I mean, I, I never thought that maybe I could do him untold damage in that area. But I didn't know about those things at the time. But anyway, I mean, the, the next day we huddled together. That was the great thing about boarding school. And some of the other pretty girls who had older sisters said, don't worry, I've never seen my older sister carry the telephone directory (laughs) or even a shopping bag. So we'll go with the risk of the urges and we'll suffer the consequences, whatever. So I was glad that that decision was taken out of my hands. But the most devastating piece of information back in the 60s on that day, and I always remember it, was when very clearly the sex expert said, you should never wear a pair of black patent shoes. (laughs) Oh, I almost fainted. (laughs) Why? Because they reflected your knickers. (laughs) I thought of all the times I had reflected them. Now, even if I wanted to reflect the knickers, you didn't want to reflect the bloomers that my parents had insisted that I would wear so I wouldn't get a chill in my kidneys. (laughs) I was devastated. There's things of beauty were shoved back in the box, under the bed, the lid put on, but I would have a plan. I was good on plans. And I realised after, you know, a few days or whatever, that there were thick woolen tights in the suitcase that my mother had put in in case, you know, it got very cold and they would combat the kidney, the chill in the kidneys as well. So I thought, well, perhaps they'll fit into their shoes. And so I took them out, but to my horror and shock, the box was empty. The shoes were gone, disappeared into thin air, never to appear again. And over the years, I wondered... Was it possibly the pretty girl with the older sister who knew that you could get frilly knickers? You know, I didn't know that. Or was it the little nun who, she seemed to be my height and she probably wore the same shoe size. Did she wear them around her room at night time 
thinking regretfully of lost opportunities. <laughs> or was it a miracle to save my soul? Thanks. <laughs> That was Bridget Early, and I think Bridget's husband is probably pretty happy uh, that she didn't have a phone book uh, with her on the night um, that they met. Um, Bridget, as I spoke quite recently to her, uh, is in great form and has really looking forward to coming back and joining us at the Dublin Story Slam. And she also said to tell all her listeners um, that she is now the proud mother of four adult children who love nothing more than going along and seeing their awesome mother get up on stage and share some stories. So we can't wait uh, to have Bridget back again soon. Our next storyteller is from a while back. This is from over a year ago, and it's from a guy called Sean Kearns. Sean tells this beautiful story of making a discovery at work. And it's the only kind of story that combines the nearly the entire cast from Lord of the Rings uh, with an episode of ER. It's done with a wicked sense of humour, uh, but also, you can tell, with a lot of love. This is Sean Kearns. Hello, my name's Sean. Uh, I'm a nurse from Galway. Um, And so I'm going to tell a a bit of a story about uh, some, probably one of the most memorable nursing days I've ever had um, in a a hospital. And so being a nurse sometimes is kind of like being Jack Bauer from 24. There's a lot of like exciting stuff going on. There's a lot of plot twists. And a lot of the time you're wondering, how does anyone find time to eat or like take a piss? Because it is just that sort of busy, crazy day that's happening. Um, so I was back in a new job, it was first day, clean uniform on, uh, I was stepping into it, a breeze kind of came from somewhere, my, my hair felt all windsweepy and I was like, I am ready for this day, I'm going to be a hero and save some lives. It was a room of 13 people, they were all like 70 and above, it smelled awful. Um, but in that moment I saw everyone, I still had a bit of hope and I saw everyone as kind of like a fellowship of the rings, like we are going to save the day here. So we had like Gimli in the corner there who was like a woman in her 70s who had like a devilish grin and like would rival any dwarf for a beard. Like she was growing this. Um, And then in the other corner, um, we have a man who's got a lot of dementia. He kind of looks like Gandalf and he would just sit up like a vampire and go, who am I? Where am I? And he would just do that and repeat for the day. Um, But it was kind of relaxing. Uh, But my favourite of the trio, I named her uh, Miss Mary Legolas, um, and she's beautiful. She had no teeth, very long white hair, and she just had the one phrase that she would say over and over again, and it was, enjoy your youth, enjoy your youth, enjoy your youth. Uh, And I was kind of fixated on these three characters. I was was watching them and taking it all in. Um, But as I was absorbing them and kind of casting my roles of the 13 people that were there, um, someone was like... Harry, 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 come here. And I was like, I'm not Harry, I'm Sean. But anyways, I'm intrigued. So I'll, I'll walk over and he's like, Harry, Harry. And she was sitting at the bed and her husband, who was in his late 70s as well, was at the end. And he kind of looked like he'd like spent the night, probably slept with her actually, and stayed there on the chair. And he was holding her legs and it was, it was lovely. Actually, they looked really in love. And she was like, Harry. And she gets her leg out <laughs> with her gown. And she lifts it up and she goes, Harry come do to me what you did to me last night. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't here last night. I'm Sean. This is a big thing. I was Harry Potter once in a play and I do have a bit of a thing. That, but no, I'm not Harry. 
And the husband kind of laughs and he goes, no, 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 Harry was my best friend. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh. That is not great for him. And I did ask him, I was like, why are you still here? Like, she must probably kind of maybe cheated. Like, and he's like, but sure, I love the bones of her. Like, I, I don't know what I'd do without her. And I was like, that is so lovely. I would love to. And then buzz, bells start going. It's like 7.40. It is like, nurse, I need you for this. Nurse, I need you for this. Nurse, if you don't mind for a second, love, will you do this? And you are just racing around the place. And then it gets to my favorite time of the morning or the late morning as we would split it up. And it's wash time. It is time to wash everyone. So it is like a... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Kind of like a car wash. You're just like, let's go. And it's like, at the car wash. Woo! Yeah, get your hand up, Mary. We are washing you. Um, and they all need it. And so we are like, wipe, wipe, twist, twist, click, click. You look gorgeous, Mary. Next one. Woo, woo, woo. And we are going with this washing. Um, and we're almost at the final hurdle. And then Gimli, who I mentioned earlier, that devilish little grin with the beard, gets up on her bed. And she's like, honkers on, and she's looking at me, and she looks angry. And I'm looking back at her, and I'm like, Gimli, what is going on? I'm almost finished my wash. And she starts to produce a weapon from under her gown. It's a butter knife she stole from the kitchen staff. And so she's standing on her bed with this butter knife, looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and it's intense. It's kind of like Patrick Swayze, and to me, more intense. It's a little bit, I'm confused by it, but I'm kind of excited as well. Uh, but I'm like, no, 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 Gimli, what are you doing? And so she whips out her catheter, which is, for anyone who's not a medical person, she's peeing into this bag. And it's a tube that goes into a bag. It holds about a pint of urine. And so she takes her butter knife, and like a squirrel to a nut, she's like, I am getting this! And she takes it up, and like a cowgirl, she's like, lasso, lasso! And everyone that we have washed is being doused in urine. And like, I want to be the nurse, the hero here to the story. And I'm like, I'm coming for you, Mary. I'm in slow motion. I'm like, no! And I thought, that is the first thing I've drank all morning. It has been so busy. And we get cheers. And then Mary Legolas is like, all this has happened. I'm like, "Mm, the fuck. And Mary Legolas is like, enjoy your youth. Enjoy your youth. 
And I'm like, Mary, you are right. And then it is techno. And then it's like reggae. I'm like, enjoy your youth, man. And then it's all like Jua Lipa. I'm like, real one, enjoy your youth, real two. And we're re-washing everyone and we're like going for it. We can do it. We can save lives. And we wash everyone and, it's, and, and we just about survive it. And so we're coming to like the evening point. There's like doctors have come in. There's more orders. We transfer a patient to ICU. People are sick. Families are calling and on the phone you're like, I don't think they probably love them. That's out of duty, out of love. But I don't have time to think about why they're calling or what they're doing. And it's just go, go, go. Um, and then I see John, who is just the loveliest man, probably the only patient who didn't ask me for anything all day. Uh, and he kind of gives me this nod. And it's that nod that I think a lot of like Irish boys wait for their whole life to get that nod from their father. That's kind of like, you're doing good. And I was like, I don't even know you, John. But like, thank you for that nod. That was amazing. Um, but he's a, bit, he's a bit gray and he doesn't look great. Um, and we're busy and I, I started to check his vitals and John's blood pressure is really low, he's hypertensive. And I'm like, this isn't good. And he looks at me again and it's a different nod. It's like, I'm not okay. Um, and so the crash trolley comes in, the emergency team is in, there's talks of like DNR, do not resuscitate. There is these stinging, twisting phone calls to families full of euphemisms of, I'd get here as soon as you can. It's not looking great. I can't say what will happen. Um, and the family come and unfortunately he passed um, before they arrived. And I give them this look and they immediately know without any words, they know that he's gone. And I remember thinking, as a child, people tell you a smile means happiness. And that's how you show happiness and how uh, tears mean sadness. And I remember thinking, nobody ever taught me how to give this face that says the person you love is gone. But I knew that face. And I thought, what a, what a day and what a moment. And we prepared the body for the morgue. The family tried to talk to me about his life, his accomplishments, how amazing a man he was. And I could only ever half listen because they were stopping falls. They were stopping people from going. There was, you know, Gimli trying to get at it with a bread knife again. All of these things were still going on. And I half listened and I remembered some and I forgot a lot. And I remember walking home from work that night thinking, who am I? Where am I? We got through that day. But most important of all, and I would ask you to all join me in this refrain, I remembered most what Miss Mary Legolas says. And if you can all together one time say, enjoy your youth. Thank you very much. That was Sean Kearns. And today he's working in clinical research and also in the really important area of making healthcare accessible for transgender teenagers. So I've told Sean that he needs to come back and tell us another story because it's amazing when you hear a story from somebody who's really at the coalface of a world that you know absolutely nothing about and perhaps completely take for granted. So, Sean, if you're listening, come back to us soon. Our final story of today's podcast, where the theme is discovery, uh, comes from Sahini Muve. And yes, that's Muve. It's almost like a little kissy sound uh, that is intentional um, because that's how they pronounce it in Zimbabwe, which is where Sahini originally hails from. And Sahini got up and told this beautiful story 
uh, that opened our eyes onto a, a different culture and a, and a different world in a way. And it's a beautiful story that comes with a series of discoveries uh, that will hopefully bring a smile to your face. This is Sahini Uve. Oh my God, I'm first. Well, I can't see without glasses, so even if you look bored, I won't be able to see. Um, I'm going to tell you about my journey when I was looking for my sibling. So I'm an only child, and the only thing I ever wanted in my life was to have a brother or a sister. And growing up as an only child, that's the only thing I ever wanted, and it was so hard for me. I didn't have... um, the problems that other people with siblings had. Like I had my own room, I, I had my own toys, I didn't have to share, I still don't know how to share. And I would, <laughs> and I would beg my parents, I'd be like, please, I really need a sibling. And I begged them so badly. And I think I was around 16, and then I sat with um, my mom and dad, and they say to me, well, um, the reason why we can't give you a sibling is because we can't have kids. And I was like, oh, okay, but you can try again. And they were like, no, we can't. We've never had kids. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) wait a minute, you know. (laughs) And they said, yes, um, you are adopted. And that was like, wow. And all my life I'd bothered them so much looking for a sibling and I didn't know that they, it was physically impossible for them, not to ha- for, for them to have one. And when you're 16, you're at that age when you're a little bit wild and it was so hard. I'm sure it was a very difficult time for them to try and make me understand. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. I always knew I was adopted. Like, I always knew it because I had everything. I had new clothes. I didn't have the problems my peers had, you know? And so I went to visit my grandmother. And I got there and I said, you know what? It's very difficult for me. Um, My parents just told me that um, they are not my parents. And she was like, yeah, I'm not really your grandmother, too. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? And my grandfather has five wives. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> and so I had grandmother, grandmother, and grandmother, and a grandfather. And she was like, well, I'm not really your grandmother. You sort of took a liking to me. But <laughs> you know that old lady, the very dark one that everyone calls Thunder? She, we used to call her Thunder because she used to shout a lot. And she was like, that's your grandmother. I was like, no, not Thunder. And she's like, yes, Thunder. So I, I went to Thunder and was like, oh, Thunder. No, no, I said, Grandma, like my parents just told me that they are not my parents. And she was like, so? You deal with it. Spoke to my parents and they then explained that they adopted me, but my parents are actually my dad's brother. And my dad's, my dad's brother, and he has 10 other kids. So all my life I was searching for my, for my siblings, and I actually had 10 brothers and sisters. 
Um, I struggled with this because I thought I could have had brothers all my life and I, couldn't and I didn't have it and they were just right over there calling, I thought they were my cousins. And it's only later in life that I had my own son. And my mom, when I came with the, the baby from the hospital and a few mothers, oh, I am 30 years old. I know I look like a little boy, but I'm 30 years old. <laughs> And now some I feel like, she's got a baby? Yes, I do. When I came with my son, new mothers, you know that little babies are so small. And I came with my baby, and my mom said, we'll have to bath the baby tomorrow. And I was like, no, 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 we're bathing the baby today. And she was like, oh, okay, will you bath it? I was like, no, I don't think so. And my mother was shaking when she was holding my son to bath them. And she said to me, this is because I've never held a small baby in my life. Um, and she was shaking and she, she bathed them. And then after that, I didn't bath them for two months because she was holding him. And then my dad said to me that you finally came with your little brother. Although he's your son, he's your little brother. And through my journey, I became a mother, but I also found a little brother in the process. So I'm lucky enough that I got adopted, and I got adopted by a very, very loving family. Till to, till to this day, if someone says, I grew up in a very hard, difficult family, there were so many of us, I'm like, yeah, I didn't have those problems. My life was great. So I'm really lucky that I got, I got that opportunity to, to have such a beautiful upbringing and that my parents actually chose me out of a bunch of 10. Thank you. That was Sahini Muve telling us a gorgeous story of her son, and her sibling. His name is Theodore and today he is five years of age and uh, he's currently in preschool. And I met Sahini through a fantastic organisation called Sanctuary Runners. And the idea is, is that it's all about creating solidarity with people who are living in direct provision here in Ireland by going running with them. So taking people out for a run every week um, because uh, direct provision, if you're unfamiliar with it, it started off back in 2000 as a temporary kind of holding accommodation for asylum seekers um, applying for asylum here in Ireland. And originally it was supposed to be a few months long, but this being Ireland, people were on average spending nearly three years waiting in limbo basically, uh, unable to work and unable to move forward, but unable to, to really take that next step in their own personal lives. Uh, and so Sanctuary Runners is just all about, you know, doing something positive and getting people out of that space and into the fields and the parks and all the beautiful places that you can go running uh, here in Dublin or in Cork. 
Uh, so it's sanctuaryrunners.ie if you're looking for more information or even that you're looking to get involved yourself. Our next Story Slam is June 18th. Um, of course, the June 18th one sold out. It sold out like in some crazy like an hour, uh, which is just nuts. Keep an eye on our social media, so Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, if you're looking to try and nab yourself a ticket. We'll have a small, tiny, 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 tiny handful of tickets available on the night. Um, but obviously, best way to get your hands on tickets in the future is to join our mailing list over at the Dublin Story Slam, um, dot com. Just sign up. And while you're there, you can also, if you're interested in sharing your story, just get in contact with us uh, via info at the Dublin Story Slam dot com or uh, check out how to tell your story uh, on that website. Um, that's it. Thanks a million for everybody for listening. Uh, if you do like what you hear, uh, one thing that is uh, fantastic for us is to leave a review on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your uh, pod fix from um, or even a rating or tell a friend about it and spread the word because we are really proud of the stories that we share here on the podcast and we want to keep it going and the only way we can keep it going is with more stories so hopefully the more you share maybe the more people will be inspired to share their own story at the Dublin Story Slam Thanks a million for listening. And of course, thanks a million to our wonderful storytellers, Bridget Early, Sean Kearns and Sahini Muve. We'll see you next month on the Dublin Story Slam. Talk to you then. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 